Welcome to day 137 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with uh, Cindy Camp mm-hmm. and David Keefe. And we continue our journey through uh, 2 Corinthians. Part of the richest part of 2 Corinthians is this uh, section where Paul is encouraging generosity on the part of the Corinthian believers toward Jewish believers uh, who are you know, suffering persecution, suffering famine. Uh, many of them are losing jobs, being alienated from family. And so there's a relief fund, you know, that they are, you know, contributing to. And, uh, you know, the Jerusalem church has been very difficult, you know, for most of the Gentile churches because they want to impose outward, you know, righteousness Mm -hmm. on them or outward signs of righteousness or, you know, circumcision and, you know, keeping the law in addition to faith in Christ. But Paul is trying to bridge the gap in fellowship uh, by one church, you know, caring for another church and uh through their generosity to, in order to reconcile them, you know, together. So we uh, pick up in chapter nine on the second half of, uh, you know, his encouragement, you know, to give, which is so deeply rich theologically. Mm-hmm. He's not just saying you, you should give because they have a need. He's saying you should give because of who Christ is and how deeply He has given to you. And in mm-hmm. everything we do, whether it's our giving, or the speech that we have with each other, all of it should reflect who Christ is. So uh, as we go into 2 Corinthians 9, let's offer this moment ourselves to the Lord. David, you mind lifting us up? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, it is that that we would pray um, that, that we, as your image bearers, would reflect you to each other, to our city, to our world. And we know that that's a work that only you can do in, in our hearts and in our lives. And so we do ask now that as we turn to your word, that if there are areas where we need encouragement, may you encourage us. And if there are areas that we need conviction, we ask that you would convict us. And that in all of this, you would continue building your church, that you would continue transforming us and creating us to look more and more like Christ. And so we ask that you would do this great work in our lives. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. There's no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help, and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling that since last year you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow. But then you may be ready, as I said you would be, for if the Macedonians come with me, and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You would be rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. 
because of the service by which you have proved yourself. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be toward some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. They won't want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realize that what we are in our letters, when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will continue our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. We're not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither would we go beyond our limits by boasting the work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we don't want to boast about the work already done in someone else's territory. But let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. So Paul is making, making a turn. He's moving from the middle section, you know, in verse 9, where he's talking about generosity and encouraging generosity to his final confrontation with those who are remaining on the edges who are still challenging his ministry and uh, everything that uh, uh, you know his ministry is, is stood for. So you, you get a little bit of change of tone toward the end. The first half of the letter deals with reconciliation. Mm-hmm. The last of the letter deals with the you know, continued confrontation. And so evidently they hit, uh, you know, that Paul's, you know, when he's uh, when he's away from us, he, he writes really good letters. When he's with us, he's kind of a little sheepish and a little shy. And besides that, he's not really a great speaker you know, to begin with. And Paul said, come on. If you think that's what it's all about, I may have to show you what it's all about you know, as we confront you in the power of the Holy Spirit you know, for your good. So what are some of the things that uh, stand out to you guys in chapters 9 and 10 as uh, we begin to bring this little book to a close? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely every pastor's like greatest dream right that they have a bunch of people eager to help you know like we're we're ready like what what's the need how can we take care of that and uh obviously love seeing that happening here and we've also gotten to see that you know happen numerous times in our in our own churches at least especially over the last you know eight nine ten months as the pandemic's hit and and those within our city and even some within our congregation have had needs there's been a, a group of folks who have been eager 
to help and to be generous in the support of, of others. Yeah. And so I love getting to see that heart and, and knowing that we, and it must have been such a relief to Paul too, knowing that there's a group of folks who want yeah. to help. Mm-hmm. And that's a great relief to many ministers. Yeah. And of course the subtext is they were originally mm-hmm. willing to help, but that they may be slipping just a little. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of compared them, you know, in chapter eight, you know, to the Macedonian churches. And uh, he had compared, you know, uh, the Macedonian churches earlier to the churches in, in Achaia. And he's saying, you know, we're, we're, we're confident in you, but uh, wow, wouldn't it be embarrassing if we showed, showed up, up and you weren't ready? <laughs> and our confidence, yeah. you know, wasn't, you know, what it, what it Yeah, they show up and they have to grudgingly give, should, like, should oh, you're here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, and, and of course, I love, you know, I love the way that he brings, you know, the gospel to bear yeah. on generosity. Remember this, mm-hmm. whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should... Give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And, of course, he's contrasting that with the begrudging gift. You know, let it be a generous gift and not a begrudging gift. Mm -hmm. And God is able to bless you. Listen to to these words. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound. And and it would be the same word in the Greek, in all good works. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so the pattern there is as we, you know, our giving is not you know, simply a blessing to others, but our generosity is something through which God mm-hmm. deeply blesses mm-hmm. us. And you're not hearing what a, the prosperity gospel you know, would tell you. You give generously and you'll get right. a lot more right. money saying God is going to bless you in the things that really matter. Not only having all you need, but in all things at all times, abounding in all good works that he's going to enrich you spiritually through, you know, through this moment mm-hmm. you know, of giving. Yeah, in verse 10, you know, when he's enlarging the harvest, it's not just like you're going to have more cash, but he's the mm-hmm. harvest of your righteousness. Enlarging the harvest of your That this is yeah. a work of transforming you yeah. and, and changing and, yeah. you. Your righteousness, of course, is the inward righteousness, the growth that you have in Christ through your giving, but also the outward righteousness as mm-hmm. your righteousness spills over in ministry, you know, to others. Yeah, it says in 13 that it's, you know, the confession of the gospel of Christ that accompanies this giving. So if 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 you really are believing the gospel of Christ and it's changing your heart, then it should show you to be a more generous person. Not, I mean, I'm sure in every way, and I really love that. And right, I, yeah. It's one thing to mm-hmm. confess Christ. It's another right. thing to live Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's saying when the two come together, then you have a, a true confession. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he encouraged them, you know, in the last chapter, just as, uh, you know, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And the confession uh, of our faith in Christ is mm-hmm. always completed by our, our conformity to mm-hmm. the pattern of Christ who right. gave himself you know, freely. So it is a it is a rich pattern. And while I realize this is the work of you know God's Spirit in our hearts to transform us and to make us be generous people, I do like um, in fourteen and fifteen where the giving um, your openness or your open hearted generosity opens the hearts of other people to the point where they pray for you and care yeah. about you. And I yeah. love that that generosity begets more generosity and, and it's just a beautiful yeah, thing. We talked about that a little bit yesterday that you know our giving in and of itself is an act of worship or right. our devotion, an expression of you know our, our love and devotion you know to Christ. But he's saying it's not only you know an act of personal worship, it's an act that 
encourages other right. to worship. Mm-hmm. And again, because of what we just talked about, because they're not just hearing a confession about Christ, but they're seeing people who are living out the Spirit of mm-hmm. Christ and their generosity to others. And even in his quoting of you know Psalm one twelve at the top of uh, chapter nine and verse nine, you know part of this, you know confession of the gospel of Christ is is this freely scattering their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. So yeah. this this righteousness this this gospel mm-hmm. it, it calls us to to look at those in need, to look at those who have been forgotten, as it says here, just the poor and to provide for them and, and we forget that if we're reading the old testament prophets and the psalms uh and even you know the book of deuteronomy one of the overwhelming um fruits of righteousness is a deep concern for others especially mm-hmm. the poor and the disenfranchised and so it's built into the gospel mm-hmm. you know that uh, or it's built into the old testament you know character that we would deeply care for and provide you know for the poor and the goal in the old testament is that there would be no poor among you mm-hmm. you know i'm going to bless you mm-hmm. so richly and you're going to be so generous that there should be no poor among you and of course mm-hmm. it's realized for a little while in the book of acts that each of them sell property right, and give right. to each other as they have yeah. need mm-hmm. and there were no poor among them so that's not just a throwaway line it's saying the gospel has had its mm-hmm. full effect in bringing out you know generosity you know from the people of god and i think some people can sometimes think that when you do talk about providing for others and and and, and using your resources to care for others that you're leaving behind the gospel potentially or that you've left it to go do these kind of social things but right. paul makes it very clear that no this is a direct implication of the gospel at work this is a result the result of in the, the old gospel, and new testament yeah the result of the gospel of course uh, you you have you know the last word in the old testament is he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of us all to you know to him and so it's a turning of the hearts mm-hmm. and uh you know as our hearts are turned you know to christ and our affections turn toward him our infections are large uh, you know, for those around us, and compassion you know, will grow in us. And the mm-hmm. compassion is not just, you know, as James saying, say, be warm and be filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a compassion that gives generously of the things that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So no, you're not you're not leaving the you're leaving the gospel behind. If uh, the gospel is a you know, like we just said, a mere confession of Christ without mm-hmm. embodiment of the love and grace of Christ, mm-hmm. which this is a demonstration of. And obviously, this can be an empty gesture yeah. unless it's coming from a heart that's truly transformed, or it can just you know kind of be a mm-hmm. a cool social thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not what he's talking about at all. No, it's still not the gospel. Yeah, and, and, and of course, I I, I don't want to miss you know uh, verse three, chapter ten. For though mm-hmm. we live in the world, we do not wage wars. The world does. The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish you know strongholds. Good for us to know in a political season yeah, what yeah. are the weapons mm-hmm. you know that we're given to affect change in culture. Uh, not so much you know the loud echo back and forth on Twitter and Facebook and. And uh, whatever other you know mm-hmm. the social media things you know that we're kind of using, uh, but he has given us the gospel. He has given us prayer. He's given us transformed character to invade the world, to be salt and light in the world. So, you know, as Jesus said, you know that they can see your good deeds and honor your Father in heaven. And this is you know of course what we're, we're what we're talking about. So let's be very careful that we don't fall in love with ungodly means to accomplish mm-hmm. what we think are godly purposes uh, we have a completely different approach to the mm-hmm. change we want to affect in the world and those are the tools that God has given us through the gospel through his spirit 
through prayer, through our testimony, and through our witness, and through godly character. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cindy, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No. Father, I confess these are weighty, weighty words um, to check our hearts and to see if there is anything that um, is holding us back from being generous people. When you, as our Father, and um, with unlimited resources and riches, have been so generous to us by the giving of your Son, may that gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ transform our hearts and make us into the type of givers that um, would stop any anyone from not realizing or not seeing the power of the gospel. So thank you for these things, Father, and help us to know it's by your Spirit that you will do this work in our hearts. And it's in your Son's name we pray. Amen.